Ditch the fairy tale, princess. It's time to step outside the status quo and blaze your own trail. The path littered with setbacks, successes, and newfound passions. Why? Because when you break away from the script, you start to pursue a life by choice. One that is all yours. Live unscripted and rewrite your life. Hey girl, I wanted to introduce you to our latest brand partners here at Unscripted, JFF, Journey to Financial Freedom. If you've ever felt like your finances are the thing that is holding you back from truly reaching your potential, then let me introduce you to these guys. They help online coaches, consultants, and the likes of us organize and streamline your entire financial world. By doing so, they give you the clarity and empowerment you crave to confidently scale your empire. Not only do they help you shoot for that dream life, but they've got this unique blend of tactical and emotional financial strategies. They dive deep, addressing money at an emotional level because they know it's those underlying beliefs and behaviors that can keep us stuck. They're passionate about transforming your relationship with money by aligning your deep-seated beliefs with those big, dreamy goals. So with JFF, you're not just achieving financial mastery, you're reshaping your entire mindset for success and empowerment. They have a vision beyond the numbers. They believe that with a solid grip on your finances, you can turn your business into a force of good, making a lasting mark on the causes close to your heart. Imagine not only achieving your financial goals, but also creating waves of positive change in your community and beyond. So how are you vibing with your finances lately? Let's level it up together and make an impact. Jump in with JFF and bring those dreams to life. If you want to hear a little bit more, tune into episode 234 with the girl, the hype girl, Steph who we dropped in and shared a little bit about my backstory and my finance trauma and all the things in between and why I am jumping in and becoming a part of the JFF family. And you can too. Now let's jump into today's episode. The downloads have spoken. Sarai Spear is one of the most downloaded podcast guests on this show. She is one of my dear friends, and I'm so excited to have this conversation with her today. We always dive into the juicy shit, the messy middle, as we so coined it today, the gooey middle around the pivot, mental health, the shit we've gone through, the different phases, and all of the in-between. Sarai and I really spoke about owning the messy parts of your journey. She is an international independent educator. She is known for her jaw-dropping color corrections, her funny and inspiring social media content, and for helping hairstylists find their power. Her work has been featured in Cosmo, Sephora, The Today Show, Allure, Modern Salon, and so many more. Sarai shares openly about her struggles overcoming addiction, losing everything, and being homeless to now running a seven-figure business. Whether you're scouring through her free content or attending a class in person or online, I can assure you personally, Sarai will challenge you to step outside your comfort zone, find your why, and empower you to become the best version of yourself. Her in-person classes and her private education community with over 1,300 members, Balanced Stylist Society, have empowered thousands of hairstylists for years to, to, for years to become the best versions of themselves through hair techniques and mental health coaching. She is one of my favorite people to podcast with. We literally talked about meditation. We talked about mindful practices, self-worth, mantras, healing, what it's really looked like to stop sweeping things under the rug and take ownership for where you're at in your life. You're literally going to love this episode. You might cry. You might laugh. You might do all the the in-between, but you're definitely going to feel like you were sitting with us while we had this intimate conversation She, like I said, is one of my most favorite people. She forever has inspired me to show up in a big way, to own my message, own my power, own my authenticity, and to just fucking go for it. You guys, if you've ever gotten any value out of this podcast, make sure you go down in the show notes, scroll, click on her Balance Stylist Society 
link and see what it's all about. She literally, especially if you're in the beauty industry, can hold so much space and love supporting women as they come up and take ownership of their lives. If you've ever wanted to sit with me and chat one-on-one, what it looks like to work with me, Soraya is somebody I've worked with one-on-one. And and it just literally is life-giving to me to be able to work with people, not only on the business strategy side, but on the personal side, holding space, making sure that you are owning your power. And it is bringing me so much joy to step back into this one-on-one space. And I am officially proud and honored to say I really only have one spot left for one-to-one coaching moving into the beginning of 2024 because I like to go deep with my clients. I take a lot of care and nurturing in providing that next level support. So if this is something you're interested in, just scroll down, click the link in the show notes, book a 15-minute discovery call with me, and we will figure out if this is a right fit for you. Without further ado, let's dive into this juicy episode today. Welcome back to the podcast. My friend is back. My friend is back, and we are going to just drop some hot, juicy nuggets for you today. And I'm incredibly grateful for the fact that both of us individually have gone off over the last year plus and done a lot of work. And if you've been following me on this podcast, if you've been following me on social media, you see the growth, hopefully, that's happening, but also the work. And there's a lot of behind the scenes shit. And the same is true for my friend that is here with us again. She's been on the show many times before. Sarai, motherfucking sphere, welcome back to the show. (laughs) I wonder if I could actually legitimately change my middle name to that. That would be so fucking cool. <laughs> I'm here for it. I think you should. I will. I will. If you need like someone to notarize it, I will figure out. Okay. How to okay. Perfect. We have a plan. All right. Moving forward. So next year, my legal name will be Sarai Motherfucking Spear. Okay. <laughs> so well, thank you so much for having me. For having me back. I always love our conversations, and I think it's so cool. We're we're on completely different journeys. Yet, in some weird way, they're super similar. We kind of diverted, went off on our own thing, came back together. So I just, I'm excited because we have a bunch of shit to talk about, but we neither one of us have any idea where this is going. So that's how I know it's going to be really fucking good when we just go with the flow. It's kind of like our life, right? We're just here for it. We're here for it. And I think you and I both have learned to let go of the expectations of how we think things are supposed to go. I think former control freaks, both of us, just in the grand scheme of being responsible for our own lives and our own businesses for so long, that is a very hard thing to let go of control. And when you have shit that you had very well swept under the rug and then you just went at a high level of pretending like none of that ever happened and then you just got to business and you had a really successful career and you ran that shit till the wheels almost fell off. And then you realize the reason why you weren't feeling fulfilled and happy in your life was because of all the shit you swept under the rug. And for many years, I pretended like that. There wasn't even a rug there. Like I was right. like, no, that I have no story. Nope. No, there's not even a floor there. What are you talking about? I'm good. <laughs> I was I was that good at like just blocking it all out and pretending like that is not going to be my story. I'm not taking it with me. That is not going to be the reason why I'm not successful or that I can't make a career out of what was told to me wasn't even a real fucking career, all the things. And I think, you know, you did a really good job over the years, too, of just outperforming anything that might have been not looked at as a success in your life previously. You're like, cool. Yeah, everyone knows I did that. Everyone knows that version of me. But I'm going to show you guys a whole different side. So you can never like I'm the come up story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because being in the healing era of my life, I can look back and see how I did. 
I outperformed. I worked harder than anybody. I was like a fucking crazy workaholic person. I was like these insane goals. And I, I never even thought like, it's not because I don't want to deal with my shit. I just, I had something to prove. I had something to prove, not just to everybody else, but honestly to myself, you know, the, the statements along my life where people said, you're not good enough or you're not smart enough or pretty enough or all of those. I use that as fuel. And I was like, man, fuck you. Fuck you. I am all of these things and I'm going to show you. And so now that I'm slowing down, I'm doing the fucking work. I'm digging in. I'm sitting in my own shit. I'm rolling around in the yuck. I can really see how I just, I didn't want to look over my shoulder to see the rug. I didn't want to acknowledge that there was shit in there. And I think everything has served a purpose in my life. The good, the bad, the ugly, everything is a learning experience. And for decades, I kept sweeping, I kept sweeping, I kept sweeping. And, and eventually you're going to sweep so much shit under that rug. It's going to look like a dead body's under there. Okay. So eventually you're going to have to deal with it. And it always comes at the most inconvenient times, right? Yeah, that's what a way to like put a bow on that and and make that all visually make so much sense. I'm literally seeing this body under the rug and I'm like, well, yeah, you just roll it up and throw it out now. Like I literally did the whole thing in my head and I'm like, ah. Oh. And that's where when we came together, I was like, yo, we got to do another episode. I have no idea what we should focus on. You and I have been on such an incredible journey. We should have been podcasting daily for the last 365 days, but here we are. And we know how much mental health plays a toll plays a toll in this season of the year alone, let alone if you have one of those rugs with a dead body underneath it. So if you are resonating with us or have ever listened to an episode that we've done together or know either of us individually, we always overshare. We are just oversharing types of bitches. And we do that because we need you to know that the shit you're going through, you're not alone. And I think that is one of the things that drives both of us and one of our like core, I guess, you know, pillar brand, whatever you want to call it. it, it it's just our, our values. We want people to feel heard. We want them to feel seen. We want them to feel like they're worthy of addressing things in order to find a new place of joy, happiness, connection, fulfillment, all of that stuff. And we talked about and you mentioned and you that messy middle, right? The pivot, the pivot, because you're looking at two hairdressers who spent the majority of their career building a, a very, very successful business to prove to who mine was my mom and myself that I could make it in an industry that wasn't referred to as a real industry 22 years ago and and show everybody, show everybody that I was creative enough, even though I didn't feel smart enough to do anything else at the time when I was 19. And, you know, all, all of the shit, all of the proving and you get to a point where, you know, OK, yeah, you checked all those boxes. Now what? And that's a very uncomfortable season because now you're looking under that rug and you're like, oh, it's still that shit's all still there. What do I do? And now we're a little bit older and wiser. And I think we have a little bit more of a network and a connection and maybe even like the resources to dive into different ways to start to process and work through a lot of this. So for anyone who's new to you or haven't hasn't like followed your journey or know what you've really gone through, what was some of the first steps you took besides getting sober way back when to start to make some actual changes where you were addressing the things that kept seeming like they were the problem but really you knew it just wasn't you were just weren't addressing how to work through that problem because I imagine things that are that were level 10 problems back then are probably like one and two level where you're like that shit I can't even believe that bothered me <laughs> yeah so it's 
it's really hard to be self-aware. Like it doesn't feel good all the time because when you truly make space in your life to look at things. So for me, my sort of, I've had a couple of really big moments in my life, but the, the most recent one that really got me onto this, this new healing journey was all last year I traveled like crazy. And I was teaching and hosting, doing all this crazy shit. I was working behind the chair and I was trying to like pull back from working behind the chair. And I I was ready to face my demons of my eating disorder that I'd had for 28 years, but I wasn't fully ready, right? Like I was like dipping my toe and I knew that this was sort of the biggest piece of the puzzle of my healing that I had not dealt with. Um, and even when I got clean and sober, I didn't want to deal with it. So I I had this like mental breakdown I actually went to Montana for a week. I didn't tell anybody. I went with my husband. I had a mental breakdown in a cabin and it was this beautiful space. And I got really honest with myself. And it was was so fucking hard, Jess. It was it was a moment where I was like, fuck, fuck. I've made this mess for 30 years of my life. I'm I'm all about talking about being clean, being sober you know, in recovery from being an alcoholic. Uh, This one, I just, it's so hard. So what I had to do was I had to slow down, first of all. And I had to escape. And I had to get incredibly uncomfortable with myself. And I had a conversation with my husband and, and he knew what was going on, but I don't think he really realized like the depths of it. Because, you know, when you're when you're hiding things, when you're trying to sweep shit under the rug, Somebody comes in the room, you're going to pretend like you're sweeping another area. You're not sweeping shit under the rug like you shouldn't be, right? You're you're sweeping. You're you're working, okay? So really getting to the space where I could be vulnerable and be really hardcore fucking honest with myself and go, okay, basically you have, t- you have two choices, right? You can continue on this path that you are on. You have a ton of fucking success. You got your big fucking house. You got your fucking Range Rover. You got your fucking Gucci bag. You got all the shit you wanted, right? Great. Awesome. How fulfilled are you, Sarai? And I was empty. Empty. Or the other option is you finally look at your shit. You finally deal with that dead body under the rug that stinks like shit. You're sick of looking at it and you fucking deal with it. And so... I made I made a choice to go to treatment. I couldn't do this on my own. And that was really the beginning of me getting transparent with myself and no longer talking the talk, but not walking the walk. No longer pulling the proverbial wool over my own eyes. And it's it's earth shattering when you take apart your whole life and the things that you believe, the things that have been said to you, you start to deconstruct those things and really sit in that shit. That's the first step, that creating that space so that you can create space to be aware and then really getting honest with yourself, taking inventory, the good, the bad, the ugly, everything in between, and then making a decision and committing to yourself that, okay, I am not going to continue to go the way I am. I have to make changes. And for me, a big change needed to happen. Now, big sweeping changes never last, okay? We all know everybody goes to the gym at the beginning of the year. They want to 
you know, lose all this weight. By the middle of February, the gyms are fucking empty, right? So I knew that I had to take this big sweeping change that I was going to make and break it into micro shifts because that for me is the only way that I am going to stick with something. If you give me 27 fucking things to do, bitch, I ain't doing that. I might do one or two, but then I'm like, deuce, I'm out. So being able to, you know, look at your life, evaluate, know that you need to make these changes, figure out what these changes are, and then actually implementing them in a way that works for you. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all of that. I know that it's been something you've wanted to peek under the rug and address and take care of, but you stayed at such a high level operating, doing all the things that you didn't have a window of time to go take care of the thing that was the most important for you because you were performing and you were doing what everybody else was expecting of you. And I think at, at a certain level now, I can't wait to see how you show up in the next year, maybe showing up a little bit less, but even more impactful, right? Because it's not always about doing more. It's about doing less, but better. And I think I think you ha- you can't get to that season until you do more and realize, yeah, and realize, you know, what your, what your skill set is, what is important to you. I think having a buffet season, a buffet year of trying on all the things and exploring what that looks like, because if you don't put yourself out there, you're never going to know if that's really what you want to be doing, whether it's speaking on stages, teaching, working for brands, starting your own brands, having your own studio, owning your own salon, right? Staying in the industry. We wouldn't know and we wouldn't both collectively be having this conversation that we started before we hit record around when do we call it? Are we allowed to do that? Should we do it? Is it going to feel good? I don't know what it's going to feel like. And I, I I pulled the plug earlier this year in March and I, I hit the pause button on the behind the chair at work and I sh- tried to explain it to my partner. He was like, well, you just always go back. And I'm like, mm, bro, it, it's not like we're nurses. We don't just call in and pick up a shift. Like, wouldn't that be great where you're like, oh, I'm just gonna take two weeks off and like not answer my phone and not talk to anybody or show up at all. I was like, yeah, I I didn't research this job role enough to know that I could never disappear for any extended period of time and walk back into the full business that I had built. And so I tested it. I tested it in March and I'm not some half-assed bitch that just like walked away from my clients. I did abruptly stop business, which all wasn't really well received, but I made sure to hand off every single last client I had to the best person I could find, knowing that they probably wouldn't come back. And it was in that moment that I was like, okay, here you go. This is your runway. What are you going to do with it? How are you going to show up in the way that you told yourself all these months, even maybe a couple of years, that you would if you had the runway or you had the space or you had the time? And I did. I put my back against the wall. And two months later, the podcast grew. And I just I was able to sink my teeth and, and create a clear vision for what I wanted to do. So much so that I was able to actually bring hair back in at a very small level in a way that felt like it was just creative and it was something that felt good versus that I had to do it because a scarcity with the money or letting people down, right? You and I both struggle with letting people down. I mean, if you had never changed from being a behind the chair stylist, how many more clients would be happy? I mean, thousands of people, right? Yeah, a lot. A lot. <laughs> so that's a, that's a lot of pressure. And if you're in a performance-based industry where like if you don't show up and do the job, the job doesn't get done, that's a lot of pressure. And I always say pressure is a privilege. It was like the greatest privilege I ever had being like someone's hairdresser for a year, five years, 15 years, 20 years, whatever that looked like. But at the end of the day, when there are bigger things that you want to move into or explore, you have to give yourself that space to feel into it and to try it. 
and to establish yourself in maybe in an arena that you don't feel overly confident in. We were very confident with our skill set over here. Like eyes closed could do that in my sleep, right? You so much so you have an online membership where people pay to like learn from you. Yep. And that's proof enough. Like I could never let these people down. How could I not continue with this? Into what would it look like if I became a speaker? What would it look like if I started putting myself out there in a different way, talking about the things that are really helping shift my life? And it's not doing hair and making money. It's the things we started this podcast talking about, the mental health things, the ways to feel more balanced in your life. That's why you even changed the name of your 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 container to the Balanced Stylist Society. So I say all that because I feel like so many people kind of see the after. You do share a ton, I as well. But we think these things happen overnight or we think all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm ready to like deal with this problem. And you came back and you're fine. <laughs> if it worked that way, that would be so great. <laughs> and I'm not trying to like demean anybody and tell you, you know, as you're listening that you you think like it's easy to do things. I know if you're listening to the show, you come here for advice or guidance and I'm not trying to like make a joke of it. But also we're always like, where's the easy button? Where's the easiest thing to do so that I have results? How can I show up once and create a business? How can I put out two podcast episodes and get to 10 million downloads? It's the reps. It's the reps. It's what got us into the success arena that we had behind the chair, right? How many fucking heads of hair did you melt off? How many times did you cut your finger? How many times did you, somebody come back and you're like, I didn't do that? They're like, yes, you did, right? right? And, and and it's not any different when you try. You become a beginner in another, another way. Like I was there when you did your first keynote. Like th there are things that are scary as fuck that seemed like not that big a deal for somebody else, but that took all of the growth that you had put in to get yourself to that point, to get on stage, to share your story, to speak about your truth. And then I think that had a ripple effect on you that then created enough confidence to make some changes, thus giving us the version that we see here now, right? So nothing, healing is not linear. I love that saying because it's not. And if it's, it's like having children too, which I know you don't have kids, but you got dogs and you got a husband. So you know what it's like. So it's one day everything's working out. Next day, you're like, who the fuck are these people? Like they turn into crazy. Out of her house. <laughs> that is how the healing journey is. One day you have this beautiful experience in breath work or a yoga class. Next time you have your breath work, you literally thought you were going to murder somebody or you, 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 all this anger comes up. You're like, where did that come from? So what are some things I know you're doing a yoga teacher training right now? What are some ways that you're really supporting yourself that maybe somebody could explore or tap into that could they're like okay yeah bitches I got a big lump under the rug too and fuck you guys maybe I will start to address some of this so I received a book from my friend before I went to treatment and it is I I really call it my bible it's sitting here on my desk I have two copies upstairs it's called the mountain is you it is by Brianna Wiest it is about turning self-sabotage into self-mastery. Highly recommend either reading it or listening to it on Audible. And the reason I say it is because we all sabotage ourselves, every single motherfucker on this planet, okay? Even the high-achieving, high-level motherfuckers, we all self-sabotage. I had no idea how much I sabotage myself unknowingly. I use perfectionism as like, a coping mechanism. And I thought it was a very healthy coping mechanism. And it turns out it's fear wrapped in a shiny little cave, but it's just, you know, it's all of these things, right? So first I would recommend that book. It's fucking incredible. She, Brianna Weiss also has another book called When You're Ready, This Is How You Heal. 
such a fantastic book. It's another one that I, it's my Bible. I have it underlined and highlighted. So those are some really good books to sort of, I don't know, get into your own shit. So I read those during treatment. They offered yoga at the treatment center I went to. And I had been addicted to working out before when I went to treatment before, which I checked myself out like 15 years ago. I was addicted to exercise. I was fucking psychotic. So for me, I had laid off of all exercise. So the introduction back into yoga, I was like, cool, like, let's go. Let's do some power yoga. I'm going to fuck this up. Right. And they were like, no, bitch, you're doing yin. You're on the mat. You're going to chill the fuck out. So it was it was so hard for me because I was, I'm always been so competitive, just like you, like we're, we're high level people, high energy. But for the first time in a really long time, I, I got into my body for 30 something years. I've been running from my body. I've been trying to change it. I've been trying to shrink it. I've been trying to do all these things, but for the first time I got into my body. So I really enjoyed yoga there. And I was like, I'm going to, I'm just going to go to yoga classes when I, when I get out. So when I got on a treatment, I started doing yoga. And it was like week two of doing yoga in this studio. And she announces, hey, starting in August, I've got yoga teacher training. And I was like, oh, that'd be so, that'd be fucking dope. Like, that'd be super cool. But like, I just started yoga. I don't know shit about it. And I went up and I talked to her and I was like, what is this all about? And she told me and she said, here's the deal. Even if you have no intention of teaching yoga, I highly recommend it just to deepen your practice. So I thought, fuck it. Like, here we are in this new space. I've really enjoyed this yoga. I had no fucking idea what I was in for. <laughs> if if they could have given me a 60-second Netflix preview, I would have run the other way. <laughs> oh my God. Do tell, do tell. It's and it's not even, it's not even the postures. It's not even how hard it is or how, like how much you're in your body. The mental work that I have done in yoga teacher training, the meditation practice that I have been able to develop. I've done more work in yoga teacher training on myself than I've probably done in years of outpatient therapy. Now, please do not misunderstand. Don't get it twisted. Go to outpatient therapy. Yes, find a therapist. Absolutely. This was another modality for me to heal. So the meditation portion for me I was like, I can't meditate. I'm fucking ADHD. I'm diagnosed. I'm fucking busy brain. I can't, I can't, I can't. The lies we tell ourselves. The stories we tell ourselves, right? The first, second weekend, we meditated for an hour. Now, if you've never sat in complete silence for one hour, focusing on your the breath coming out of your nostrils and onto your upper lip, that's it. That's all you get to think about for 60 fucking minutes. Let me tell you, that shit will change you, dude. I, for 30 minutes, I was like, this is torture. This is torture. The last 30 minutes, I thought, what if I sneak out and grab my keys and just never come back? Like, oh, I don't, I don't even want my money back. Like I, I, I just, this isn't for me. I can't do this. All these things are running through my head. So we think we can't do so many things. We tell ourselves, I can't, meditate. I can't do breath work. I can't own a business. I can't start a podcast. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't fuck off. What you're meaning is I'm afraid. I've never done this before. I don't know how to do this. I'm scared. So I'm going to say I can't do it. And it's utter bullshit. 
because you can do anything you put your mind to short of like actually physically levitating or flying i don't know maybe one day that will happen but or getting taller because i haven't figured that out yet either (laughs) so for me the the books the the self sabotage led me into yoga led me into meditation and just recently we did a day of meditation whole fucking day of meditation we meditated for an hour had a 10 minute break we honored what we called noble silence you don't look at the other people you don't speak to them you don't try to make contact it's silent the whole day so hour on 10 minutes off hour on 10 minutes off we did that all day and again i'm pushing myself to the edge of 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 what i think is possible for myself four months ago i would have told you you were a fucking crack smoker if you had told me that I would meditate for more than an hour, let alone a whole day. And now next year, I'm thinking about going to Vipassana meditation, which is a 10 day silent retreat where you meditate 11 hours a day. But what I have found is the magic that happens when we get quiet. And I'm not saying you got to fucking go on a 10 day meditation, but even taking five, 10, 15 minutes in the morning, no phone, no guided meditate, just to sit with yourself. We're so consumed with being busy and consuming and creative. And yeah, being productive, human doings, but we're actually called human beings. And so to just allow yourself some time and some space to be and finding friends who support you, who are there for you no matter how weird your fucking journey is and how woo you get or you know finding those people online in person that community that supports you and understands you and validates you is so essential because we all know we can't do it alone yet so many of us try to do that i can i can do this i can do this and a lot of times you can but how much better is it when you can do it with people who just fucking get it, dude. Yeah, so true. And you are queen of building community around conversations like this. And I've seen it firsthand. I've been in the room and you getting vulnerable, you sharing your story, you talking about the ways in which you're taking action to create change, right? The versions of you that people perception, right, of the success and all of that. But you kind of pulling back the curtain and being like, listen, you can have it all, but, you know, you have to know why you're wanting it. And in order to feel fulfilled by all of it, there has to be some deeper meaning to all of it. And I love this for you. I love that you push through the resistance. Even that podcast we did, you know, with Brian a couple, probably like a year and a half or so ago, Yogi Brian, shout out to him. Thank you for introducing me to him. He's hilarious. My brother from another mother. <laughs> yeah, he he was the one who shared, you know, he, he had a yoga teacher like also who was doing meditation and he wanted to kind of feel that vibe. And he was like, I don't think I can do that. And then after 70 something days of, I think it was like 77 days straight, he hated every single day of it until it finally clicked. And I I made the comment on the episode saying, what if we all tried for 77 consecutive days to do something? You know, maybe by the, no, nobody does that. Nobody gives themselves that many opportunities to see if they can become a better version of themselves by not giving up. And it is. It's because it's uncomfortable. There's so many things that make us uncomfortable. And we are so quick to like pick up a coping mechanism, whether it's, you know, vegging out on social media, watching TV, smoking a vape, drinking, you know, sex, people, places, productivity, working, all of this stuff. It's like 
that is all great. And I don't think any of it's bad on its own, right? I think some people can handle alcohol, some people the vapes or whatever, some people TV is an outlet. But when you know why you're using those things as coping mechanisms, it changes everything. And it's that in between of that knowingness and then the doing of the thing that you're making a conscious decision to numb the fuck out and not deal with all of this other stuff. And then tomorrow you just pick back up and pretend like you're operating from a place of authenticity, which you're not. You're not. You're working from up here, which I'm touching my head. You're all in your head thinking of what you should be doing versus what feels in alignment. And I know that word gets tossed around and it's kind of like this little wooey word, but alignment truly is when you're doing things from a purposeful place. And if you're purposefully like binging on those chips, enjoy those fucking chips. And I used to think at a time there was a part of me that liked to binge. Now I'm like, I just like to eat fast. I would have eaten this anyways. I'm going to sit here and munch down this bowl of crackers and it's okay. I'm okay with it. I know what I'm doing and I know why. I, I know that's a stupid example, but it gives context to something because how many times do we do things without thinking? All the time. Literally all the time. Right. And if you if you want to put that to the test, try taking a different route to work one morning. Your brain goes on fucking autopilot. We don't even pay attention. That automatic response is just, it's there all the yeah. time. All the time. That leads me back to the book you brought up, The Mountain Is You. That book changed my life because that book, she no hold bars literally calls you out on being the one responsible for the results you're getting in your life, for the way you feel about your life. And I, I refer that book to every single person that either comes into my world as a coaching client or is having any kind of struggle in their life, whether it's decision making, relationships, business, you name it. Because what it does is it puts everything back on you to acknowledge how you've created your current reality. And she says it in such a loving way and her her tone. And she can just feel like she wants good for you, but she also wants you to take personal responsibility. And this is where I think you and I both have stepped up and we're like, okay, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. My mom always said that. And I always thought it was such a dumb saying. I thought it was more of like a, <laughs> I thought it was more of like, if you want it done right, do it yourself. But it it's more of a, if you want to have something, you have to create that for yourself. If you want to feel happy, it starts with you. Nobody can give you that. Nobody can, like it's your expectations. And what we talked about earlier about not lowering your level of expectations, almost just having none. You know, my buddy, Matt Gottesman, he's such a thought, like provocative leader. He's always like, people will be people will be people. And I was like, Matt, what does that mean? He's like, people will be people. I'm like, so do we just like expect the worst from people or like what? Like, what does that mean, bro? You're talking in like Deepak Chopra code. And he. <laughs> He's like, no, he's like, but when people do people, don't be surprised. And I'm like, yeah, but then like, what? Well, we don't have expectations. He's like, there you go. Uh, just because you wouldn't do something like that or just because you would doesn't mean that that person is going to show up in the same energy as you. All we can control is how we show up and just hope that we are these bright lights and a mirror to how good it can be, how you really can be in touch with yourself, the good you can put out into the world. People are always watching how you respond to stuff, especially if you're a parent or even in relationships. Like I like to think the work I'm doing is rubbing off on my partner as a way to become more responsive versus reactive. And we all know what that means when I say it. So, you know, that's for ourselves. How, how reactive have you been to things internally that have festered and turned into you getting sick or self-sabotaging in some way or then internally being mad at people or blaming them for certain things that you know, if you really sat back and thought about it and, and, and thought from a response level versus a react, you're like, well, I could see how that might be. I don't fucking agree with it, but, you know, it is what it is. You will be you. People will be people. That's taken so much 
storytelling out of my mind. I had another girl come on the podcast and she like dropped this bomb. She was like, no story, no meaning. And I was like, ooh, no story, no meaning. If you don't know the story, don't give it any meaning. She's like, things happen all the time. And we make we make up a story because we don't really know what happened. And then we create so much fucking meaning behind it that we then have usually anger, frustration, some sort of negative emotion that we pair with that interaction. I mean, it literally can be so stupid. Somebody rolled their eyes at you at work. Like someone didn't include you at the lunch table. All of a sudden you found out people, you know, went to happy hour and you weren't included. Or somebody said something out of context that you really did. Like, I mean, any example and we can make a story about it. And we could make a whole ass meaning and then have that be a reflection of how we show up for the next fucking 25 years. That is the power of technically, I guess, self-sabotaging back to that book or not recognizing things for just being what they are. You know, if if you would have probably addressed what was going on with your eating disorder a long time ago, you could have sat with it maybe and approached it differently, right? So many things that I didn't address that have become vices for me that maybe don't feel as large as that have fucked me up, have held me back, have kept me stuck, have let me play. Well, that's just me. That's just who I am. And I think there's pieces of us that we want to explore how good it can get. And we want to be open to creating a beautiful life that feels in alignment. Yeah, now I'm just I'm just rambling. But, you know, the the in-between middle ground of all of it, the pivoting, the shifting, the awareness, the acknowledgement, and then the work, you know, it's mm-hmm. a lot. And so I think really we wanted to acknowledge all of this in between stuff and share just little bits of our story today to, you know, because I know once we get back in flow, we'll probably pop on and do a few more episodes in the future because this this stuff is no joke. And if you've been in a service industry, you know what it's like to hold space for other people, you know, on on a surface level, whether it's like just get them in and out for a haircut. But the second you touch people, the second you're in that really close quarters space with people like we people tell us everything. People share their energy with us whether they actually say something or they don't, you know, it's, it is what it is. And there's a lot of industries that hold a lot of space for people, but you still need an opportunity to be human as well and to have somewhere to go and express and feel and feel connected. And I hope you feel that in this podcast. And and when you tune in here and, you know, when you follow Sarai and listen to her stories and the things that she shares, that's really all we're wanting to create is like a sense of community of inclusion where you know like hey if you're struggling with shit like yo so are we at times and this is how we got through it or this is how we're getting through it or today I don't want to fucking deal with life and guess what that's okay too and it's normal like it's normal I'm I'm in the messy middle right now of, of pivoting of transitioning getting out of hair going into you know, more speaking and I'm, I'm creating a course. I'm literally creating workshops next year to help you get the fuck out of your own way. I'm scared to death. I don't know what it looks like. I've stopped saying I don't know what I'm doing because I do know I don't have a, I've got a big picture. I don't have all the details. And you know what? That's fucking okay. So if you're like, I don't want to do hair for the rest of my life, but I don't know what else to do. Okay, cool. I had that thought. Just you had that thought. I didn't, if you had told me when I quit here, I was going to do all the things that I'm currently working on. I'd have been like, yeah, you're crazy. I don't let the, the messy, scary middle keep me from moving towards my dreams. Now, full disclosure, two days ago, I had a full blown fucking temper tantrum. I'm having problems on the back end of my business bringing somebody new in. It's like a bucket. I I told my friend, I was like, 
it's like my life and my business is a toaster and somebody took it all apart and all the pieces are laying out and then they bring me back in and say put it back together but it has to be more efficient this time and I'm like the fuck is this what am I doing this is that messy middle I'm gonna make mistakes I've made mistakes I'm gonna continue to make mistakes I'm gonna continue to fucking self-sabotage but I'm more aware of it and I can catch it faster and I don't beat myself up as long and as hard for those mistakes. And I talk to people. I talk to my friends and I get real. I, I messaged a friend the other day and I was like, I'm fucking struggling. I just need you to know, like, today I feel like the world would be better if I just didn't exist. I'm, this is not a suicide attempt. Please know that. I just feel like I shouldn't exist right now. And that's fucking okay. And to be able to have the voice to say that and to have the people to say that to you. And my friend, you know what she said? How can I support you? Do you want me to listen? Do you want feedback? And I was like, wow, thank you. Thank you for just holding space and asking what I need. I think I just need to vent right now. I started venting, feeling better. And then she was like, I said, "Can now can I have feedback? So friends, it's messy. It's gross. It's gooey. It's scary. But it's also really fucking cool. I'm in a place where I have the potential to do crazy fucking way different shit with my life and my career than I did two years ago. And while sometimes I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Most days I'm like, ah, let's go. Let's figure it out. Here we fucking go. Here we fucking go. <laughs> and how cool are the opportunities that sometimes come up that, yeah, the version of you two years ago, five years ago, 15 years ago would be like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> you know, this All podcast. Yeah, this podcast just started in the middle of COVID when I literally had no idea what I was doing. I had just opened my dream salon six months prior. The whole world imploded. I was like, fuck, like, here we go. Same thing. I I'm here for it. I have no idea what I'm doing. No clue. I'm going to feel so overwhelmed most days. Like, I had never really experienced not feeling like I wanted to be here. And I have experienced that more times in my you know, late 30s and early 40s than I care to admit. But I admitted it to myself and I got really real about where those feelings were coming from and why. And hey, some days I just fucking feel them and I don't try to make sense of them. No story, no motherfucking meaning. And I'm like, yep, yep today's just a day where I want to walk off a cliff and never come back. Yep. You know, and yep. luckily I have the skill set to talk myself off of actually doing it some days. Yeah. Other days, I feel like I'm on cloud nine and some people want to joke and chop it up to be in entrepreneurship and maybe it is, but I know there's plenty of people in the corporate world or in other situations that feel like that too. And if you're a woman, you go through the cycle every single month where you're up, you're down, you're sideways, you're backwards, you're losing <laughs> your goddamn mind, you're on top of the world. And you know, it is what it fucking is. But what you do with those feelings, what you do with those emotions it is keep showing up, keep taking the action, keep getting unstuck keep figuring it out as you go. But having community, at least having a podcast, hopefully like this to tap into, listen to this again. If in, a, in if you're in a season of stickiness in a couple of weeks, send it to a girlfriend who maybe doesn't need actual feedback. Maybe just need to hear from two crazy other bitches. It's not you, her <laughs> friend, that, you know, she's not alone. Because often when we can create conversation from someone else, like a non-threatening third party, we can be your third and fourth party. It, it helps <laughs> open up the conversation to what might be a deeper issue. 
And sometimes people do need to be called up, not called out, but like called up like, hey, I see you. I see there's some things you might not be like fully being upfront about. How can I support you? That is the number one best thing you can say to somebody, even if you don't know them that well, even if it's the client who's in your chair that's feeling like some type of way with energy, hand on the shoulder. How can I support you? Is today all you need is just some love and hair or do you need some quiet time? Do you need a glass of wine? Like, what do you need? And <laughs> often not many people get asked that. Yeah. Especially if you're the giver in your life or you're working with high level like achievers or people who don't often allow people to help them. Asking how can I support you? Literally just the question can be enough. Oh, somebody yeah. actually gives a fuck. Right. Because yeah. maybe they're the ones who always give the most fucks in their life and their relationships and in their business. And they don't have somebody. I know that happens to a lot of people when they work their way up the corporate ladder. They were once one of them. Right. Like when I worked in the salon, I was an equal. And then when I became the owner, I was not one of them anymore. And it, it just it changes things. And I remember thinking often then like what? No one's like checking on me. And right. I had to go out and find my own community at that level of people and say, hey, I need support. I need help. I don't know how or what that might look like, but just starting to create the conversations. And I think now more than ever in 2023, almost 24, we're becoming more comfortable with these harder conversations. You know, I went to a, a ver like a private in-person breathwork the other night. I think there was probably like 75 people there. And I just thought this shit did not exist even a year or two ago, you know, where people were getting this vulnerable in person in large groups. It's unreal. It's unreal. Because of conversations like this because people are hearing this. It's inspiring them to have conversations. It's a, I, I think since podcasting became a thing, like the message grows so quick now. It's one thing to put it on your social or even YouTube or whatever, but like podcasts and then podcasters get inspired by a podcast they listen to. I mean, it's, it is being so much more normalized to talk about these things, to talk about the messy middle, to talk about, you know, to do breath work and, and get vulnerable. I, I just went to, a, it's called goddess gathering. It was a ceremony. It's a full moon ceremony. We burned the bullshit. We shared what we're struggling with. I've never met. There's a room full of a hundred amazing women. I've never fucking met them. And we're all just sharing our fucking vulnerable selves. Like kudos to that. We need more of that. And I think that's going to continue to happen because of conversations like this and creating communities that support that and uplift each other and allow us to be vulnerable. Yeah. And your community is one of those that does that. So do you want to tell everybody a little bit about the balanced society and what like they can get if they are a part of that? Because it is so much more than what it started out as. So yeah, talk to us about what the evolution of what that's got you got going on over there and how people can kind of get into your world. Yeah. So it, it started off as just a place for me to brain dump. Honestly, I wanted to be able to bring my blonding method to people that couldn't afford my classes or that maybe weren't in the country. So it was just a bunch of blonding tutorials. And then it became more and more. And then we started talking about mental health. It's always been a, a big pillar of mine. And then I changed the name to Balanced Stylist Society because what we do is more than hair. And what we are as humans is more than, hi, I'm Soraya, I'm a hairstylist. So I wanted to create a community where you can come learn. If you want to learn hair techniques, bitch, I got you covered. If you want to learn business, I got you covered. Now we've expanded into mental health, wellness. We have yoga instructors in there. We talk about wellness. We talk about self-care. I've created a community of people who want to grow. 
And there's different ways to grow within that community. You can grow your business, you can grow your brand, you can grow your personal life. So it's, in my opinion, it's an incredible community. I've actually, since I've kind of pulled back from behind the chair, I had I had a couple panic moments where I was like, what the fuck am I going to do? I've got this community of over like 1,200 members, have to do this hair. I have brought on 10 of the most incredible fucking educators to fill in all the gaps. There's educator, we have all to have different specialties and niches. And so I get to really be present. I'm not showing up every fucking day like I was before. Seven fucking days a week, 24-7. Just so you know, you saw it inside the community. I'm present in the community and I get to watch the relationships. I get to watch people grow. I get to read the messages now that are like, oh my God, thank you so much for this budgeting lesson. It changed my life. It, I was able to pay off debt. Like that's fucking magic. So I've created a space where you can come and learn. You can stay as long as you want. I don't do contracts. I don't do commitments. I don't believe in that. If you don't want to be there, I don't want you to be there. And I'm really excited because we're finally fucking moving on to Kajabi. Yes, I know it's almost 2024 and I'm very slow to this. It's been on Instagram for two years and now we're moving over to Kajabi, which is an incredible platform. Everything's going to be organized and it's just, it's a whole other level. So if you're interested, you can go to platinumgiraffe.com and you can click Balanced Stylist Society. You can visit my Instagram, which is the Platinum Giraffe and click the link in my bio. Again, 25 bucks a month. Come and go as you please. I would love to have you there. Yes. And she's not joking. When I'm talking about over deliver, it started off as a Blondie tutorial page. Yes. And you can get all of that knowledge there, but it is so much more. And I know Sarai only vets the best people. So if she's picked 10, those are hand fucking picked people who <laughs> she knows will also change your life. I think, you know, one of the most incredible things I know about you is that you are so willing to share the stage with anybody, if not put them front and center. And it's such a beautiful thing that you do because you've worked so hard to create your own motherfucking stage. You were like, yo, I don't like anybody else's tables or I'm not getting invited to them. So I'm building my own and y'all can come with me. So not only can you be a member, you can work your way up from a member to possibly contributing into that group. I know that to be true. She spotlights spotlights members all the time at her in-person events. I know she gives away tickets all the time to her in-person events. So you guys really do want to be in her world because you will get next level support. She's an amazing human who clearly, as we've just shared on this episode, is doing the work. And those are the kind of people you want to. It's like, yeah, I'll try that. But you go first, lady. You go first and tell me, like how you said, if someone would have given you the 67 Cliff Notes verse, you would not have done it. Right. I can't wait till you write a book and put together all of the amazing things that you've learned and how you figured out how to quiet the monkey mind and do the things and show up and find the alignment that I know you truly were searching for. I can feel it's coming through. I hope you are feeling a little bit deeper. You guys check all this stuff will be in the show notes. You don't even have to go figure it out. Just scroll down on this episode, tap the links, sign up, try it. Like she said, no contracts. You can try it for a month, see how it feels to be in community. And I, I literally just put an episode out. It probably went out last week around if you're new to putting yourself in quote unquote rooms, getting into the virtual spaces is a great place to start right? There's no commitment. It's very low barrier of entry. There's other people in there that are probably playing at the same level of you that is just waiting for you to say hi. And now that she's moving over to Kajabi, that platform's a lot more interactive where you can be able to share and talk to each other. If you're a member in that group, as opposed to Instagram, it's a little bit more difficult to see the members. So I'm excited for you to move over there. It's the next step in your business. So congratulations on that. It's a big deal. And just owning that space because you have so much that you can help people with. And it's just such a beautiful 
thing to a just watch and be a part of a little bit and just to see like a it makes me feel less alone because it's like yeah I have someone who's a peer that I can talk to and understand and then also that we can come back and really just pour back into our community that literally created us as who we are like this is industry raised us you know and here we are in our 40s just trying to pay it back pay it forward pay it sideways and just as we keep working on ourselves. So you guys need to go grab the book. The mountain is you. If you don't have it yet, reread it. If you have read it, I reread it a couple months ago. It's one of those yearly or and like biannual that you should read, get into Sarai's group, share this podcast episode with a few friends and, and just let us know what you think. We love hearing from you. My favorite love language is validation. It is what it is. So if you love this episode, let us know, leave us a review or a rating and tell us what you think. And if you need support or if there's anything we can do for you, please just reach out. We answer all of our DMs ourselves, and we just want you to feel like you're supported and that you can do anything you motherfucking want. Sarai, any last parting words for our beautiful peeps? I think you said it all, friends. Just truly, you can do anything you put your mind to. It's not going to be easy. You're going to fuck up. You're going to fall. But finding that support through humans, through community, and just fucking doing what makes you fucking happy. And if we had a mic to drop, we would. We will probably be back in your ears in a short not while. Probably. Don't you worry. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm moving in. Yeah. I, I know I'm the reason you bought the microphone. So we're here for it. I'm right. just kidding. Yeah. So cheers to many more collaborations. If you guys are aspiring to meet people, put yourself out there. Invite them into a live with you. That's how we started, right? Actually, Sarai posted one day about a Reels class that she had. I'm like, I don't know how to make those yet took her reels class, reached out, thanked her, then we got on a live, then we're this, then we're now we're here. So yep. you guys, if there are people that you're aspiring to be like, if you are that are inspiring you, reach out, tell them that, right? Just don't put them on a pedestal. They're not that far from you. They're still on a journey. You're on a journey. Reach out, tell people they inspire you, congratulate them, tell them you're proud of them, ask for support, you know, get into their world. We are so busy. Life is chaotic. It is what it is. But like the ask, the putting yourself out there, all of it, it's welcome. Trust me. And if someone doesn't respond, that's okay. Don't make a story out of it. Don't make any meaning out of it. Yeah. Just go to the next person on your list. But you can DM us. All right. We'll see you guys on the next episode of Unscripted. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast episode. I hope you enjoyed it. This is your friendly reminder that if a podcast is on your heart to create, we got you, boo. We created Media Unscripted to take the guesswork out of starting, launching, and growing your podcast. I knew I had to create something that I wish existed three years ago when I started the show, which, by the way, had a different name. What does that mean for you? Simply put, you don't have to have it all figured out before you start. We help take the guesswork out of launching your show and creating meaningful content that adds value. A podcast can be your main source of content that not only helps you build an audience, but connects you deeper to your community. Go to MediaUnscripted.com to learn more. Which one of your girls needs to hear this one? Send this to someone who could use a smile, some encouragement, and a little love from this edgy podcast host. Much thanks and all the love.